Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. a sweet reminder that God is with us there is no reason to fear I thank God for the praise team can you put your hands together we thank God for their sacrifice and we thank them for the dedication Miss Cindy we thank you for your prayers for leading us in prayer um going to say this this morning many of you may have seen pastor keith um, he was asked to go and preach at another church they had an emergency come up last night and it just happened sound a little different i'm sorry i'm not trying to be that person but y'all hear that okay you hear it? okay some kind of feedback or static um but the other church had an emergency and so it just happened to be that I was on a schedule to teach this morning. And so Pastor Keith, being the man that he is, stepped in and helped that church. So we're praying for you, Pastor Keith. Um, we're praying for Love Them Ministry. Um, their pastor is having some health challenges right now. So we thank God um, that Pastor Keith was available so that um, those who go to that congregation can still receive a word. Amen. I said this to the ladies at New Members, Pastor Keith is not here today, and y'all know how we do when our pastor is missing, so I'm going to close my eyes. Anybody want to leave now? What's your name with the glasses? I forgot your name. Right here. Yep. Jeff. Mr. Jeff, you want to leave? I know he loves him some Pastor Keith. Just hang out with me, Jeff, okay? This is, this is for the ladies today, amen? Um, let us stand, let us stand. We want to go quickly to the word of God. But I do believe that God has given me a word uh, more specifically for the women. But men, sit in and listen because you may be able to catch something, amen? Now we're going to um, pick up in the first book of Samuel, the first book of Samuel. And y'all bear with me. If you've heard me teach before, then I usually do this. I'm only Pastor Keith is gifted to take one verse and find three points in it. That's not my gifting. OK, um, so my gifting is storytelling. So we're going to read the whole story, almost the whole story. We're going to read 18 verses. First Samuel chapter one, and we're going to read um, verses one through 18. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. And if you're able to stand, it looks like many of you are, and I want to encourage you to stand, as is our custom to reverence the word of God in public reading and public scripture. And it should be here on the screens. Let's go to the word. 
Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkinah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. And this man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts of Sh- in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and um, Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkinah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. And so it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. So every time Penina would harass her and taunt her, Hannah would go up to this place and she would not eat and she would just cry. Then Elkina, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Shiloh, now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul, talking of Hannah, and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on an affliction, on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away. But Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrow for spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maid servant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken unto now. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the Lord God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maid servant find favor in your sight. So the woman, speaking of Hannah, went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Amen. Praise God for his word. You may have your seats. I'm going to try not to be long-winded, as Pastor Keith said. You know, gender identity is such a sensitive subject right now. It's such a sensitive subject. In fact, it has been a sensitive subject for quite some time. If you follow the news or if you watch on social media, um, everything about gender identity is a a big thing right now. And we live in a time where to discuss something as simple as gender can cause so many problems. Y'all know that? Have y'all seen this online? However, regardless, this, this is what I believe. And I'm not headed in that direction today. I'm not talking about that. That's for another subject on another day. But regardless of anyone's belief or feelings surrounding gender identity, I think no matter who you are or what you believe, we all can agree that there still remains one difference that separates somebody who is biologically female from someone who is biologically male. It's one difference. And that difference is a woman's ability to carry. Okay, no matter, call it what you want, change it to what you want, proclaim it what you want, put whatever label you want on it. The one difference that will always remain between someone who is biologically woman and someone who is biologically female is a woman's ability to carry. It's the thing that sets us apart from men that we carry. Now, this is just my opinion, and I'm so glad Pastor Keith is absent this morning because he's going to say that I'm pulling from something. But it's just my opinion, okay? I believe that we differ from men not only in our ability Um, to carry physically, but also how we carry mentally and emotionally. 
just I'm just going to throw that out there. It's just my belief. And of course, there's outliers, right? Generally speaking, um, I believe that we carry different from men and our minds. This, this is what I believe. I believe our minds process differently. I believe our feelings hold it in differently. I believe that we also our bodies respond to it differently. Right. Women are shaking their head because they understand. I'm not saying that things don't weigh on men. I'm not saying that men don't go through um, problems or issues. All I'm saying is that we as women tend to carry it a little bit different. Look at this really quick. I want you all to look at this and I don't have it here. So I have to walk over. This is a comparison and this is from 2017. I want you to see these statistics. 38, is that 38? 36% compared to 25% of anxiety disorders. So the darker color is the women. Now, this is percentage, but this is in the millions. This is in the millions, okay? So we have more anxiety disorders, more panic disorders, more phobias, more, more, more post-traumatic stress. Uh, we deal with obsessive compulsive disorder more than them. Major depression, 20% compared to 13%. The only two areas in which men outweigh women when it comes to carrying something is their impulse control Usually their anger, right? They get aggressive, they're abusive, or their substance abuse, right? Alcohol. Men tend to be more alcoholics than women um, and have drug addictions than women. This is pretty sad. Y'all see this research? This is from 2017. Now, we don't live through a pandemic for two years, so I don't want to see what the research looks like in 2021. And this backs what I'm saying. It's not that men avoid problems, but it's just that we as women tend to carry it differently. We carry so much on the inside that it wears us out. And in worst cases, it takes us out. Y'all seen that on social media? The young girl just took her life. Single mom, two young boys. She said, I can't take it anymore. I just, I just can't take it anymore. And she took herself out. Women, we have a problem. We have a problem. Yes, we were designed to carry, but collectively, we are not doing well. We're not doing well collectively. Not everyone. Some people are doing well and not at all times. Sometimes we have moments. But overall, we are not carrying well. We see it in the research. And because we're not carrying well, it takes a toll on us mentally, emotionally, and physically. Y'all stand with me? Just stay with me. And we have to learn to carry well, okay? We, we're going to have to learn how to carry. We were built to carry. It's how we were designed. But we have to learn how to carry what we carry well. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. If we take note of Hannah's actions, we just read the story. It pretty much, I think, lays out a step-by-step plan for how we are to deal with what weighs on us mentally and emotionally. She shows us women how to carry it well, not perfectly, but well. So let's take a little bit closer look at this. Let's go to verse 10 again. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. If we're going to carry what God has given us well then we must do as Hannah has demonstrated and we must first take it to God. Y'all hear that? Real basic, I know. Be prayerful, right? We must take it to God first because it's important because of how we carry. We, it's not just what we carry, but how we carry. We have to take that to God first. Not only because, I'm sorry, excuse me, y'all. This is what happened when you use technology. But not only, I said this and I'm going to repeat it again, not only because of what we carry, but how we carry, we have to make sure that when we're carrying something, the first thing we do is that we take it to God. This act of being prayerful is not just because it's the first point, but it's important that we do it because no one understands like God does. 
No one understands. Look at Psalms 139 and 2. It says, you, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought from afar. So God understands when you sit down. He know when you get up. He know what you're thinking about. He knows what you're going to do next. He knows your behaviors. He knows your actions. This is why we take it to God first, because he truly understands. Look at 1 Samuel 16 and 7. This is Samuel later. We're talking about his mom, Hannah, now. But later as he grows up, as he goes to anoint King David, he says, God tells him, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him for the Lord does not see as man sees man looks on the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the heart only God understands and knows how to look on the inside listen to me no loving mom no supportive dad no best friend no good man is fully capable of handling what we carry emotionally and mentally like God can Nobody. We just seen it in scripture. Even a good male man like Elkanah didn't really get it. The Bible tells us that he loved Hannah, but even with his loving self, he didn't really understand what she was going through. Look at the questions. I don't know if I put it up on the screen, but look at the questions. Hannah, why are you crying? Why won't you eat? Why are you troubled? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? Now, men, I'm sorry y'all are in here because I thought I would just be talking to the women. This is so typical men, right? Y'all get this? Let's just not read the scripture. Remember, she's sitting at the table. She's already lacking. She's crying. And Elkanah's like, what's wrong with you? Why are you crying? Am I not better to you than 10 sons? I like Elkanah. Before I go in on Elkanah, let me just say this off real quick. I like him because there's enough evidence in the Bible that proves that Elkanah is actually a good man. Here's why. The Bible said that he would go yearly up to worship the Lord in Shiloh yearly. He would do this consistent. He was a consistent man. His behavior was consistent. He would take his entire family. Also, I don't know if you remember, but in scripture, it said that Eli's sons were the priests at the time. Well, if you know anything about Eli's sons, they were a hot mess. They would sleep with the women at the church. They would take portions that people would give offerings, the best portions for themselves. So these weren't good men. So the fact that Elkina would still go year after year, even while Eli's sons were the priests at the time, says something about his character, that he understood that God was still important to him and it didn't matter right so I like Elkina he's a good man but even Elkina a well-meaning good man did not understand if I was Hannah I would be sitting there and I would probably have an outburst and Keith can tell you I would do this this isn't about you this has nothing to do with you and your 10 sons or a baby it's so much bigger than that because we carry different right it's never about the issue at hand I'm embarrassed year after year after year every year I got Penina talking about me I got her kids laughing at me the Bible says he, she had sons and daughters so there was multiple so her self esteem is being attacked her whole purpose has been affected because women there was no pursuing no career or pursuing a business all they did was get married and have children so if I can't have children then my whole purpose and life is now affected so this is so much bigger than Alkina he means well but it's so much bigger than him. And Hannah gets up deeply hurt, heavy, messed up, carrying stuff emotionally and on her mind that no one understands. And she goes and prays to the Lord. And I believe this is where things start to get better for her because God knows in detail what we deal with. His sight is not limited to the exterior. He can see within as the psalmist penned, it is him who formed my inward parts and knit me together in my one mother's womb. So he knows what's on the inside. He gets it. So I go to him first by means of prayer. Can I help a woman real quick? I had to learn this, and I still consistently have to remind myself of this. We got to let brothers off the hook, okay? And if you're not married, then let your best friend off the hook. Men don't even understand our ways. How in the world are they going to understand what's in our soul? 
They don't get it. They just don't get it. We got to let them off the hook. I used to get so frustrated with Keith and like Elkina, Keith is a good man and he's an understanding man, but I would try to take stuff to Keith. Well, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm feeling. I'm trying to get you to understand. I'm trying to get you to process it. And he didn't get it. And I found myself getting frustrated. And God said, you need to leave him alone. Some things are only reserved for me. He's, he's not, he doesn't have the ability to understand because he doesn't know what's in your soul. Only I do. I knit you together. I formed you. And so we try to process everything we're processing mentally and emotionally and physically. And we're trying to explain it to them. And then we get mad at them. God said that was reserved for me. When we fail to take it to God first, we run the risk of being burdened with things even the more because we start to believe that no one understands. I done told my mom, I done told my sister, I done told my friend, I done told my husband, and they're not really getting it. Have y'all ever felt like that? I'm the only one like, okay, no, that's not really what I meant. I'm trying to explain it, and y'all are not really getting it. When we fail to take it to God first, we run the risk of being burdened with things even more because we start to believe no one understands. And if we convince ourselves that no one understands, then we start to feel alone. And when you start feeling alone, then you begin to isolate. And when you begin to isolate, you're in a dangerous place because you're an easy target for the enemy. God created us. God knows us. God understands us. God is the only one capable of handling the human condition. So I know it seems like a basic step, but when I'm dealing with something, I got to go to God first. I love that Hannah did this. Let's go to the next point. Let's look at verses 14, 15 through 16. It says, but Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken into now. So we're talking about what to do with what we're carrying emotionally and mentally. How do I carry that well? Well, Hannah shows us the first thing is you need to be prayerful. Then I believe what she shows us next is to be public. In other words, share what you're carrying with somebody. Listen, women, because of how we carry emotionally and mentally, it doesn't do us any good to hold all that in. It won't do you any good, okay? We be prayerful first and then public second. You have to share what you're carrying with somebody because we weren't meant to carry alone. Here's why we have to go public. We have to go public. Because it gives others an opportunity to bear with us. You hear what I'm saying? They may not fully understand what we're going through. Remember we just said that. They may not have the capacity to fully understand. Because that's reserved for God alone. But I still need to share it. Look at what Galatians 6 and 2 says. It says, carry one another's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Sharing gives us a bit of relief because it provides an opportunity for another to bear with us. So after we have been prayerful, we must be public. And I know what some of you are thinking, and this really gets on my nerves, but I understand it. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying, Serena, but you can't tell everybody your business. You can't share with everybody. That's true, but let me tell you something. There are 7.8 billion people on the planet. If one person, you confide in them, they tell your business, move on. If the second person hurts your feelings, move on. There is still 7.8 billion more people on the planet, and everybody is not untrustworthy, okay? So we got to move away from that. And here's what I'm also saying. I'm not saying, I said share publicly, but I did not say tell your business. You know Hannah didn't tell her business? Look back at the text. Let me go here. I can't free you from that. It said, but Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. And she continues on. I'm not going to read it all. It's on a text. 
She never mentions her inability to have a child. She never brings up the fact that Panina is getting on her nerves and been bothering her year after year. She doesn't say I kind of don't understand and keep asking her about sons. She doesn't say any of that. I love that. She does not tell her business. But what she does do is she responds quickly and honestly. In fact, if we didn't have verses 1 through 14, we wouldn't even know what Hannah was dealing with. You realize that, right? Just with her responding to Eli, we all would have been left in the dark. So she doesn't necessarily tell her business, but she does open up. Hannah didn't have to say all of what she said. She could have just said, no, I'm not drunk. I'm talking to God. But I love that she gives him something. She gives him something. As soon as he asks, she responds, as I said, quickly and honestly. And she didn't, she don't, she didn't play these games that we like to play. Oh, child, I'm, you know, I'm all right. Okay. You don't even look all right, but okay. Oh, well, you know, I ain't really want to tell nobody my business. Okay, move on, move on. Listen, any opportunity that you have, women, when you're carrying something, share it with somebody. There's a way to tell it without telling it. Hannah just showed us. Um, Is Mr. Elijah here? He's not here. Mr. Elijah's my buddy. I tend to tell him a lot. When I pull up, if Pastor Keith get on my nerves and I get out of the car, Elijah be like, can I help you with anything? Your face look, yeah, Pastor Keith just got on my nerves. I don't really want to be here today. Now, I probably give a little bit too much detail, but the point is, is that I can't just walk through the doors and greet everybody because y'all know how we carry. It shows in our body. It shows in our attitude. And I don't want to have attitude with him. And then now I'm convicted in worship. So I just get it off my chest at the door. I just tell Elijah, he getting on my nerves. I love Mr. Rick. Mr. Rick here, he do it too. He'd be like, I ain't come to church last Sunday because your sorority sister got on my nerves. And I just fall out laughing because there, it, it's, it's, it does something to the soul when you can get it off your chest. We got to stop doing that. We don't have to tell everybody everything. We can just say, hey, I'm, I'm not feeling my best, but pray for me. I'm all right. I'll get through it. Okay. So I love what Hannah does here. We have to be prayerful, but we also have to be public. Some of us are doing great at the being prayerful part, but in order to succeed emotionally and mentally, you have to be public. You have to share. You have to get it off your chest. You have to give others an opportunity to carry with you. Listen, I showed you a little, little chart just a few minutes ago. We are not doing well, women. We're not doing well. This little game we like to play where everything is okay and I press my way. And there's some kind of false strength that we find in that. Like I was able to get through and nobody knew. Okay, well, that was dumb. Why didn't anybody know? No, I'm serious. We were put on this earth for one another. So it's no, it, it makes no sense to come and sit, worship an all-powerful God, hug and walk out and jacked up. That makes no sense. I'm not doing that. And a lot of times people think I'm being silly or I'm being goofy or whatever you may think, but I'm because I just blurt stuff out. No, I'm getting it off my chest because I know if I keep all of that in because of how I process stuff, because of how I think on it, I'm going to get overwhelmed. Okay. Then I'm going to find myself in one of those areas on that chart. And so we're trying to learn how to carry well, be prayerful, take it to God. Take it to God. If you have to cry, whatever you have to do, get it out, get it to God, but then share it. Be public. Tell somebody about it. Last thing, I'm not going to be before you long. Let's look at verse 18. It says, and she said, let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate and her face was no longer sad. Women, listen, if we choose to follow Hannah's example of being prayerful about what we're carrying, being public about what we're carrying, then the last course of action would be to be at peace with what we're carrying. Hannah was so heavy that she couldn't eat. She took her burdens to God, talked it out, got it off her chest with Eli, and now she gets up 
She goes and eat, and she doesn't even look sad anymore. And to me, I think Hannah's actions are a reflection of her faith and trust in God. Her behavior is drastically different. In fact, her whole countenance has changed. And that is the benefit of trusting God, peace. You know that? The benefit of trusting God is peace. Not solutions, not a change in circumstances, peace. That's the benefit of trusting God. And when Hannah leaves Eli, her issues are still there. She's still barren. She still don't have any kids. Penina is still taunting her. There's still a way. All of that drama is still going on, but she gets up, I believe, with a level of peace. Amen? Let's look at Isaiah 26 and 3. I put it up there. I did. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Why? Because he trusts in thee. Because he trusts in thee. When I am at peace, it changes not only my behavior, but ultimately my whole appearance. Even when I'm carrying what I'm carrying, if I'm at peace, I can still eat and look well. Listen to this. Peace keeps you practical. Peace says it's not fixed, but I don't have to sit around not eating. Y'all listening women? I'm not sitting around all day not eating. That's stupid. I'm just going to trust in God. That's crazy. If I've taken it to God, if I've shared it with somebody else and I'm at peace and I trust him, it's no reason for me to fall into depression. I should have a level of peace. Don't mean this circumstance hasn't changed. Don't mean that I have all the solutions. It don't even mean I know what to do next, but I do know what to do. I know to get up, wash my face, eat, and go on about my way. That's what peace does for you. And true peace is not faking or putting on. True, true peace says, okay, I know what I'm dealing with. I understand to some degree. I've taken it to God. I've shared it. But now that's all that's left to do is just continue to trust in him so that I can have his peace. I love that the Bible reveals what Hannah did after she finished talking to Eli. You know, they could have left this part out. He could have just said, I pray that the Lord grant your petition. And she could have said, thank you, my Lord. But I love the fact that it tells us, no, she got up, ate, and she didn't look sad anymore. So the same woman who at the top of the scriptures was crying at the table, heavy, feeling bad, weeping, is now up, going to eat, and washing her face and look so much better. Trusting in God with what we carry leads to peace and strength. Listen to what Isaiah 26 and 4, I don't believe I put it up there, says. It says, trust in the Lord forever for the Lord. Jehovah is an everlasting strength. And because of how we carry women, we need peace and we need everlasting strength. Those are the things that will keep us, listen to this, from mental breakdowns, from risky activities, and worse, from harming ourselves. We're sitting in here. I'm the only one talking, everyone's listening, but I promise you, everyone in here right now knows some women that are not carrying what they're dealing with well. Right? We all know we're not doing good. Clean it up how we want to clean it up, fix it up how we want to fix it up. We are not carrying well and we need to do better. I said it earlier, women. Uh, but we have to do better at this. Let's look at these questions really quick. I'm trying to act like Pastor Keith and give y'all some questions to talk about so I don't get in trouble when he critique my lesson. Have I taken what I'm carrying to God first? Not to my girlfriend, not to my boyfriend. Have I taken to God first? Am I sharing what I'm carrying with others? And do I have peace while I carry? 
That's kind of the things we need to ask ourselves. You feel like you're going through a moment, you're struggling. Ask yourself these three questions, and I promise you somewhere we're probably off. For the women that were here last Sunday, we talked about mental health, what the difference was between mental health and mental illness. And I encouraged the women, as I encouraged myself, to take care. But listen to this. Illness or no illness, poor health or good health, it doesn't matter. We have to be aware of what we're carrying and how we're carrying it. Men don't understand. They don't understand. They don't get it. And so we have to be conscious of that. Now, many of you know what happened in Hannah's story. She did have a son. God gave her Samuel. She gave him to the Lord. He became a prophet, David's prophet. But in 2 Samuel, we're not going to go there. It's not on the screen. Hannah says these words. It records her prayer. Listen to this. No one is holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you, nor is there any rock like our God. You don't know him to be a rock unless you've tried to lean on something else. You don't know that there's none like him unless you've tried to figure it out a different way, right? So I love Hannah's prayer. It's such a reminder that no matter what you're carrying, if I can be prayerful, if I can be public, if I can be at peace, that I too myself will say, there is no God like my God. And there is no rock like my God. Can we stand to our feet? Did y'all get something out of this teaching? There's no preaching like Pastor Keith. I don't jump up and down the stage. I don't hit the podium real hard. That's not the gift that God has given me. I believe he's given me a teaching ability. Preferably, I would like to teach Sunday school, but Pastor Keith don't let me yet. But I enjoy teaching because I believe that when you're taught well, then you're educated well. And if you desire to do better, then you can do better when you know better. I'm not teaching you something because I just read a scripture that God laid on my heart and found three little cute points. I struggle daily. I struggle daily. This week was... It wasn't one of my worst weeks, but it was not a good week for me. The kids' school is 15 minutes down the road, and I had to get Pastor Keith to take the kids to school just about every day this week. I said, I cannot get out of the bed. I had to remind myself of what God's Word said. So I don't teach this just a cute little message to just drop off in this women's month. We are not doing well. And even when we're not sharing, you can see it. And when you have a level of discernment, you can feel it. And you know. Can I encourage you women, men, y'all can just listen in. If you see a sister that you love doing that, just call her out. Tomorrow's not promised. Just call her. What Are you carrying something? You don't have to give me all the details. But if I feel like you're carrying something, do we need to pray about it? And then challenge yourself to say what it is that you're carrying. This is silly. This is silly. We don't need 23-year-olds and 35-year-olds killing themselves because they're overwhelmed with two kids when my great-grandmother had six kids and buried three before she left and didn't take herself out. I believe because she knew how to go to God in prayer. I believe that she shared when she needed to, and I believe that she had to be at peace. This is crazy. These numbers are heartbreaking. 
absolutely heartbreaking. Anxiety and depression and compulsive disorders and phobias. God is faithful. And even if he doesn't change our circumstances and our situations, he is able to keep us. So let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you. Using the same words Hannah said, spoke to you years ago. There is none beside you. And there is no rock like our God. I thank you for every woman that's listening. Just their very presence is a testament of how good you've been. You kept us through abuses, through failed relationships, through career changes, through heartache, through our purposes being interrupted, through low self-esteem, through anxiety, through depression. You've kept us, and I'm so grateful. I'm so very grateful, God, that even when those around us who love us dearly as our kind of loved Hannah don't understand, I'm grateful that you understand. I thank you for this word today, which is, serves as a reminder that you know all about us. Your word tells us that the number of head, hairs on our head is numbered, so you know us in detail. You knit us together so you know what goes on in the inside. And I'm so grateful. And I pray, God, not only for myself, but for every woman here, that whatever we carry, because of how you've designed us to carry, how it weighs on us emotionally and mentally, that your Holy Spirit will remind us to come to you first. And then, God, I pray that after we have laid our heart out to you, that the Holy Spirit will give us the courage to share what it is we're going through. That we won't follow the world's pattern of keeping our business to ourselves. For you've called us to be vulnerable and open and honest. And that requires courage. So I pray for every woman right now that feels butterflies, that has anxiety, just thinking about sharing some of their business. May you remind them that you're a keeper. God, I pray lastly that we be at peace. The type of peace as Miss Cindy prayed earlier, the peace that surpasses all understanding. That even when I can't understand why the relationship is not working out, even when I can't understand why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, even when I can't understand the diagnosis and how it's affecting my body, that I will still have peace. That will be the sealer for me, the very thing that holds me together and keep me from taking my own self out. We need your peace, God. Your women need your peace. And I pray for the brothers that's listening. I pray that you would give them grace and patience. That you would remind them that your word says that they are to live with us with a level of understanding and patience. Knowing that we're the weaker vessels, not weak in strength, but just different. We pray for them for their patience, God. God, I love you, and I honor you, and it's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may have your seats. God is so faithful.
Man, listen, my husband, I watch my husband, I'm going to say this really quickly, preach Sunday after Sunday, and those kids do the same stuff they're doing now, and he don't miss a beat. I'm going to tell you how women, I'm going to show you another example, how we carry different. My mind has been over there and here at the same time, if you can't tell. It's just how we process stuff. We, we're just wired that way. <laughs> And so he never understands what the struggle is. I was hoping today he would be here so he could feel that struggle. But men just, oh, they just kids. Let them go. Uh, but my God, I'm like, oh, if she move again, if she jump, okay, let me go back to the message. We just carry differently. Listen, um, if you don't know God, I really don't know how you're surviving. I don't. I really don't. I don't. Because I know him and I'm barely surviving. <laughs> Uh, so this is not to be taken lighthearted, but tomorrow is not promised. I saw an article where a young man got an opportunity to fly in space and died in a car, an airplane crash like two days later. You never know. You never know. Um, Jesus is always available. You don't have to understand them. You don't have to figure it out. You don't have to see which denomination works. You don't have to know every scripture. All you have to have is a level of understanding that this isn't working, that I'm a sinner. Everything I've tried is not working. Uh, Then all you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. So not only do you need to recognize your own sin, but understand that the one who has no sin truly is Lord. And then you make that confession with your mouth. And the Bible says, just like that, you're saved. So if you don't know him, if you're just used to being around church and you need Jesus and you understand that, then we pray in the name of Jesus that you will receive him in your heart, that you will believe that he is Lord and that you would confess that. Now, here's how fragile that is, because God is so gracious and Jesus Christ already paid the penalty for sin. When you're saved just like that, you're not quite sanctified. You haven't been discipled. And so there's a lot of the old self that needs to be removed. And so that's why we offer invitation to the church every Sunday. It's really an invitation to come and be discipled and to come and be under leadership of a shepherd who can guide your soul. And so. Um, if you don't have a place, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you're not in a place where you're learning, where you're growing, and where you're uh, being taught the Word of God, then I pray for you uh, that you would, God would lay upon your heart the right place to be. Because the way church may not be that place, but if it is, then we want to invite you uh, to be a member, to be a part of this local body. I'm scanning the room because it looks like just about everyone here is a member. For those of you who are watching online, just know that you can email the church at church office way, um, church office at waytampabay.org, and someone will reach out to you if you believe this is where you need to be. I pray that something, we're going to continue in service in just a moment, but I want you to hear this from me directly. Women, if you're watching, I pray that something really did touch your heart today. I pray it really did. And I pray that you be encouraged that you really can carry what you're carrying well. Amen. Let us receive. um, Is it Bree? Minister in training, Bree. I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, 
Strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.